0: for reminding us of our savior's sacrifice for us heavenly father you washed our eyes with tears when we heard the gospel and the wonderful news of your grace and love toward us which you demonstrated on calvary through the giving of your son and so father may we remember that father as we continue to seek to serve you faithfully until our savior returns and now we ask your blessing upon your word as we open it. We pray in Jesus' name, Amen, Amen. If you'll take your Bibles with me, let's turn to the Book of Colossians, and we have uh, two more messages as we conclude our series in this marvelous book. And we are in chapter four, chapter four of Colossians. If you turn there, and this morning uh, we're going to look. We're going to begin looking at paul's closing of his letter to the church at colossi and what he will do is he's going to name certain christians fellow ministers who have been a blessing to him have been used of god in his life and also a minister to the church there in colossi and so we're going to go through these names t- today and next sunday and we are going to, uh, as we look at each one, I believe there's characteristics of each one that you and I can look to uh, express in our lives through ministry. And through the minister, uh, ministry to one another as the body of Christ and serving the Lord. And so we're going to look at a few names this morning. We're going to look at verse 7 through 11 7 through 11 we're going to take five names here that Paul gives and I've tried to find a different characteristic in each one which we might be able to say Lord make me more like that make me that kind of a servant and so here we arrive at verse 7 of chapter 4 let's read 7 and 8 together As to all my affairs, Tychicus, our beloved brother and faithful servant and fellow bondservant in the Lord, will bring you information. For I have sent him to you for this very purpose, that you may know about our circumstances and that he may encourage your hearts. The first man mentioned here, that Paul writes about is Tychicus and this man Paul calls or describes as a beloved brother and faithful servant and fellow bond servant or bond slave in the Lord so here we have this special man uh, the Tychicus was a man that uh, was used of Paul. He was m- by Paul's side much of his uh, missionary journeys, uh, and he was used as Paul's messenger to carry many of his letters to the churches there in Asia Minor and Macedonia. And so we come to this man uh, who had a ministry to the church at Colossae, Remember, this church is being persecuted. They're under persecution, and Satan is attacking this church with outside uh, f- uh, uh, people coming in and, get, and beginning to teach false doctrine and trying to lead the sheep astray. And so that Paul writes this letter for this purpose to encourage them, but then he, he tells them that Tychicus is the one who is bringing them information about Paul and his situation and his circumstance. Notice verse eight, for I have sent him to you for this very purpose that you may know about our circumstances and that he may encourage your hearts, that he may encourage your hearts. Tychicus carried, The letter uh, to the church at Ephesus, he carried this letter, as well as, we believe, the letter to Philemon, who lived in Colossae, the church in Colossae. So, we want to look at two parts of the ministry of this man. And here is a man that was found faithful to the Lord and to Paul, and Paul would 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 mention to the church exactly what one of his gifts spiritual gifts was and that was the gift of encouragement the gift of encouragement we see he's been given two two ministries one is to be a messenger to carry things to the churches and to to be that that go-between to take paul's message to the churches but the second ministry i believe is so important is the ministry of encouragement we see that paul makes it clear that one of the purposes i sent him to you church is that he may encourage your hearts that he may encourage your hearts now uh I'm using the New American Standard Version and it translates that word encourage. The Greek word there uh translates it here, uh encourage, uh and and comfort. It basically comfort and, and the, the word encouragement are pretty much the same thing in the Greek. But it's something interesting about this. And turn with me to Ephesians chapter 6, because we find the connection here with the Apostle Paul writing about Tychicus here to the church at Ephesus. So here in Ephesus, uh, we see that Paul is writing them in chapter 6 of his letter. Here, chapter 6, verse 21. And, and by, by, uh, uh, by the way, uh, understand that, that uh, Timothy, and we're going to, we're going to mention him later, but Timothy was a pastor in Ephesus. And so uh, I think that's important to understand because we find that Tychicus, what, he also did and was used of the Lord was he was an interim pastor now when I'm not in the pulpit and I have to be somewhere on vacation or I'm ill and someone su- supplies the pulpit here and we've been blessed so much by the, the ministry of Nick as he has come behind this pulpit and shared the word of God as well as jim may and so many others but uh, i do want to remind you that next sunday uh, nick is going to be bringing the word so you'll want to be here and plan for that that nick is going to uh, bring it and and open it to us every fifth sunday in the year uh in the every any month that has a fifth sunday that we call that sit in together sunday where the kids the older kids will sit with mom and dad Younger ones will still go, but it's going to be a time of sitting together and Nick uh, is going to speak to our hearts. But Tychicus, this was one of his ministries. He would be an itinerant pastor and then he would come back to the apostle Paul, but he would stay at certain churches and fill in because Paul wanted Timothy to come visit him in the Roman prison. And so when Tychicus took the letter to Ephesians, he asked Timothy, I'm sending Tychicus to take your place in the ministry there in the church. While well, I'm asking you to come and visit me. And he did the same thing with Titus on the island of Crete. So just keep that in your in the background. But here in Ephesians 6, the end of his letter to the church at Ephesus, verse 21, look what he writes. Paul writes, But that you also may know about my circumstances, how I am doing. Tychicus, the beloved brother and faithful minister in the Lord, will make everything known to you. And I have sent him to you for this very purpose, so that you may know about us, and that he may, what's the next word? Comfort your hearts that He may comfort you. It, it almost sounds identical to what Paul wrote in Colossians about this man. This man was so special to the Apostle Paul that Paul reminded the church of the character of this this minister, what he was made of, that he was he was beloved, he was a faithful minister, but he was sent. To comfort or encourage the hearts. There, here in the New uh, American Standard, we have the word comfort translated. Whereas uh, in Colossians, uh, we have encourage, encourage and comfort. Basically, it's the same Greek word. It's the same Greek word which is called parakaleo. Parakaleo means comfort or encouragement. Someone who comes alongside of. It's very much like the word that is used of the Holy Spirit, that Jesus, when he was telling his disciples, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit after I leave. And when he comes, Jesus used the term, the comforter will come. And that Greek word is, the, the, of course, the Greek word paraclete. So it's very much like this word used to encourage or to comfort. The Holy Spirit was sent to comfort and strengthen and encourage the believer. But that was the ministry of this man, Tychicus. God used him. And he went and his purpose was to lift up the church. Now, can you imagine his job? He comes with the letters to the churches. And as he comes to the churches... He's got to tell them, well, Paul is still in the Roman prison. He's still there. And so I'm sure they, the church is saddened. They're frightened for what he's, what's happening to Paul. No doubt they're worried about it may happen to us here and is happening to us. As some of the believers in the church are being arrested uh, and taken away. And so he comes. He has to bring the information that Paul gives them. And he's going to fill the church in on how he's doing. You know, just, just like we, when we get word from our missionaries that, that are all around the world, we get reports. Reports come in to us. They send us monthly letters and an annual report of how things are going. And some of the news is not that pleasant to hear. And in fact, there in your bulletin, you can see one of the updates for Dave Fisher. Dave and and Terry Fisher are missionaries to Chile. But there in your bulletin, you can see the update that we received that Dave is dealing with severe kidney stone pain. And the doctors tried to go in and remove them. But it was not possible. They were prevented from going in the way they did. And so now, and uh, we were told that uh, Dave is in the 10% of patients whose kidney could not be reached on the first try. And so now he's got a tube and other things going on. And he has to wait until December to have the second procedure done. And they're coming to the States. So they're asking for prayer. Prayer that Dave would be uh, well enough that these kidney stones could be taken care of, he'd get relief from the pain, and they would be able to come back for their furlough here to be with us. But here is news that we get. So imagine Tychicus would come to the church at Colossae, like Jonestown, and he would say, I've got some news to share with you. Paul is suffering in the prison, he's ha- having these issues, but there is a praise. And then Tychicus would go on and praise this man, uh, Paul, because he would, he would bring good news of how the gospel was getting out of that prison through Paul for, to all, all those in Rome. That God uh, was still using Paul, even though he had chains, and he was tied up in a Roman prison. And this brought encouragement to the saints at Colossae. And so Titicus would tell them, hey, it's going to be okay. I want you to know that Paul is rejoicing in the Lord, that he's been found worthy to be a prisoner of the Lord Jesus Christ. And God is going to watch over you and take care of you. The ministry of encouragement. I know many of you have the gift of encouragement. You have showed it to me and to many of the family, my family, and to others in the church, the body of Christ. And may we continue to ask the Lord for opportunities to encourage one another, to build one another up when the trials come and the heartaches come. But let's go back now to Colossians and let's look at the second Individual that the Apostle Paul mentions. Then we come to verse 9, Colossians 4, verse 9. And with him, with Tychicus, Onesimus, our faithful and beloved brother, who is one of your number, they will inform you about the whole situation here. So here's another man that's making the trip to carry the letters with Tychicus. And the man's name is Onesimus. Does that ring a bell, Onesimus? Have you you remember him anywhere in the scriptures? Turn with me quickly to Philemon, the book of Philemon. And we find him here. If you turn to Philemon, if you're looking for it, it's right before Hebrews. So if you find Hebrews, it's the book right before Hebrews, Philemon... And there in chapter 1, we want to look at verse 8. Look what the Apostle Paul writes to Philemon, who was uh, a leader in the church there in Colossae. But he had a slave named Onesimus, who ran away. Look at verse 8. Therefore... Though I have enough confidence in Christ to order you to do that which is proper, yet for love's sake I rather appeal to you, since I am such a person as Paul, the aged, and now also a prisoner of Christ Jesus. He's in the Roman prison. I appeal to you for my child, whom I have begotten in my imprisonment, and now he names him, see it? onesimus who formerly was useless to you but now is useful to both you and me and I have sent him back to you in person that is sending my very heart whom I wish to keep with me that in your behalf he might minister to me in my imprisonment for the gospel but without your consent I did not want to do anything that your goodness should not be, as it were, by compulsion, but of your own free will. For perhaps he, for he was, for this reason, parted from you for a while, that you should have him back forever. In other words, he left as an unsaved person. He, left, he ran away as a slave from the household of Philemon, and he ran away as an unbeliever. He ended up in Rome, and somehow someone took him to the Apostle Paul... In prison. And Paul shared the gospel with Onesimus, and Onesimus got saved. And so now he was a new creation. He was suddenly a new person, and now uh, Paul is saying to Philemon, I want to send him back to you because I know what a blessing is to me, but I want you to to receive him back, not as just a slave, but as a brother in Christ. Christ. So what do we know about this man, Onesimus? Well, we know that he is called by the Apostle Paul a faithful brother. A faithful brother. We see a young man who was saved and suddenly his life was transformed. He had been a runaway slave, but now he's willing, he he stayed and helped Paul, ministered to Paul in prison, and then Paul says, I want you to go back to your master there in Colossae. and I want you to surrender yourself to him but uh, you just given I'm going to send this letter with you and then Paul commends Onesimus as being a faithful brother in Christ and so we see a young believer just uh, one or two years uh, in the faith and here Onesimus is willing to go back to his master. He doesn't know what, what his master is going to do when he gets back to Colossae. But he listened to Paul, he carried the letters, and he continued to be found faithful. He was a faithful man. 1 Corinthians 4.2, Paul wrote, Moreover, it is required of stewards that they be found faithful. One of my favorite songs is one that Steve Green sung uh, years ago. Find us faithful. May he find us faithful. And may that characteristic of faithfulness be seen in you and me as it was in Onesimus. So now go back with me again to Colossians 4. And look at the third individual that the Apostle Paul mentions. There in verse 10, Aristarchus, my fellow prisoner, sends you his greetings. Now we'll stop there because the next individual we will look at in just a moment in in verse 10. Aristarchus, my fellow prisoner, sends you greetings. So he doesn't have much to say other than he calls him a fellow prisoner. He was a Jewish believer who came to Christ, but he suffered much with the Apostle Paul. Here was a man that was willing to travel with Paul. He did much traveling with Paul, and he found himself to be in in many situations where uh, he he was persecuted. In fact, turn to Acts 19 very quickly with me. Acts chapter 19, verse 23. Acts nineteen twenty-three we find in the story of the early church, Acts nineteen twenty-three. Here the apostle Paul came to Ephesus. All right. He's here in Ephesus with his band of fellow missionaries and and bond slaves that are that are joining him. Verse 23, and about that time there arose no small disturbance concerning the way. And that's another uh, term for the, the Christians there and the gospel that came to the city through the Apostle Paul and those with him. For a certain man named Demetrius, a silversmith who made silver shrines of Artemis, was bringing no little business to the craftsmen. These he gathered together with the workmen of similar trades. And this is what he said. Men, you know that our prosperity depends on this business. And you see and hear that not only in Ephesus, but also in all of Asia, this Paul. And of course, when he says this Paul, it's also referring to his companions that have traveled with him. His fellow missionaries. This Paul. Has persuaded and turned away a considerable number of people, saying the gods made with hands are no gods at all. They were losing business because the gospel came to town. Suddenly they have all these marble statues of the, the, the Roman gods, but, but suddenly they're not making anymore because the, those who were, were uh, worshiping these gods suddenly got saved and suddenly they were turning to Christ turning away from idols and so therefore these guys are losing their business and they're getting angry verse 27 and not only is there danger that this trade of ours falls into dispute but also that the temple of the great goddess artemis be regarded as worthless and that she whom all of asia and the world worship should even be dethroned from her magnificence And when they heard this, they were filled with rage and began crying out, saying, Great is Artemis of the Ephesians. Verse 29. The city was filled with the confusion, and they rushed with one accord into the theater, dragging along Gaius and who? Aristarchus. Do you see his name? And Aristarchus, Paul's traveling companions from Macedonia. And verse 30, and Paul wanted to go into the assembly where they were dragging them away, but the disciples would not let Paul. Now, it ends up that they later are freed. But you see the persecution that Aristarchus was willing to suffer for the Lord Jesus Christ. Here is a man that was willing to... To be a partaker of the sufferings of Christ. And I have to ask myself, Lord, am I willing to be a partaker of your sufferings? Much like this man here. That whatever comes my way, that I'm willing to suffer for Christ. And that comes when I have a heart fully committed to him. 1 Peter 4.13, Peter wrote, be a partaker in the fellowship of Christ's sufferings. But to the degree that you share the sufferings of Christ, keep on rejoicing so that at the revelation of his glory, you may also rejoice and be overjoyed. There is joy of being a fellow prisoner. So he was a fellow prisoner, suffering like the Apostle Paul, in prison as well as persecution, that you and I may be called fellow prisoners. Now go back with me to Colossians 4 and look at these last two names that the Lord has used. And these men are kind of in the background. But at the end of verse 10, he said that Aristarchus, my fellow prisoner, sends you his greetings. And also Barnabas' cousin Mark about whom you received instructions if he comes to you welcome him welcome him John Mark he's also called John Mark and many of you we're not going to take time to turn to it but you know the story in acts anybody remember what what this Mark did he was he was traveling with Paul and Barnabas in the ministry in the on the mission field and then what happened to Mark? Anybody remember? He just he just deserted them. He took off. He had enough. He couldn't take any more. And so this young man Mark, who was a cousin of Barnabas, took off and boy, did that upset Paul. And later on, we find that Barnabas is ready to go on a new missionary journey with Paul, but he wants to take his cousin Mark, who has returned into the ministry after deserting. And Paul goes, "Uh -uh, no, thank you. I I, I can't put the ministry at stake with a guy who's going to be a deserter. And so basically, you remember that Paul and Barnabas had an argument, and they separated ways. And Barnabas was not going to let go of his cousin Mark because he believed God was going to use him, even though he had deserted earlier. And so therefore, Barnabas went a separate way. Paul went a separate way, and God used both men and Mark in the ministry. And Mark grew to be a powerful, bold witness for Christ. In fact, this is the same Mark that wrote the gospel of Mark that we have. Here is a young man who was restored. He was restored into the ministry, he was, and Paul told the Colossians. He said, "I'm sending you uh, Marcus uh, or Mark." The King James version uh, gives the name Marcus, but it's Mark or John Mark. And he's writing and he says to the Colossians, "Receive him with open arms and welcome him." You see, he he already had a reputation, young Mark, that the churches were uh, some of the churches were. You know, saying, oh, that guy, I I know his story. You know, he took off and deserted Paul and Barnabas. You know, and so people were kind of down on him. And Paul's trying to lift him up. Now Paul has accepted him back into the ministry and is encouraging the church when he gets to you. Welcome him with open arms. Welcome him with open arms. This r- reminds me of something I think that took place or had to take place in Mark's life at one point after he deserted and he ran. He says, I don't think I can take this. I can't serve Jesus. And then suddenly the Lord gets a hold of his heart. And what does he do? He surrenders to the will of God in his life. There was a point in time where no doubt Mark came to a place of surrender and said, Lord, I ran away from you. I was unfaithful. But can you still use me? And God did. God restored him. Because this man was willing to say, Lord, anywhere, anytime, anything. And it reminds me of the verse, Romans 12, 1. I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you what? Present your Body's a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your spiritual service of worship. Presenting your body. Mark had to have done this so that he said, Lord, my will is your will now. So where you lead me, I will follow. And now he comes, he's sent to this church and Paul recommends him. How beautiful. My dear Christian, remember this, that you may have failed the Lord in something. You may have given up, quit in maybe some kind of ministry the Lord gave you. You gave up, says, I can't take it anymore. It's too much for me. I I don't know if I can handle it. And and you kind of just uh, stop serving the Lord. But we have a wonderful Savior that's saying, I want you back. And I want to use you no matter what you've done. Come back. And God can restore and you can be used of God in a powerful way. Please do not forget that, dear Christian, that if, if you surrender your will to the Lord and say, Lord, I am yours, watch what God will do in your life. And then the last man here we see is verse 11, and also Jesus who is called justice. These are the only fellow workers for the kingdom of God who are from the circumcision. Jews who have supported uh, Paul at this time while in prison. And they have proved to be an encouragement to me. So what do we know here? The last man we're looking at justice. What do we know about him? Pretty much that he's just called a fellow worker. He's a fellow worker. A Jew is a fellow worker. But he was used by with the others to encourage paul's heart, so what do we what can we learn from him? I think we can learn this simple thing from justice. He was one of those guys in the background in the ministry. He wasn't the Tichicus that was going to take the letters and show up at the church and speak in front of the church and be an itinerant minister or pastor. But Justice, he maybe didn't have as many spiritual gifts. Maybe whatever spiritual gifts he had, he used. And he said, though, where I am, he wasn't looking for a change. And it seems because he was found faithful here, he wasn't looking at others and going, because he could have been jealous of these other ministers of the gospel, those who had greater responsibility. But do we see that? No. We see that this man stayed quietly in the background and served the Lord right where God put him. And, didn't, and, and wanted to be found faithful right where he is. And dear Christian, it reminds me of so many of you that your name is not spoken of. But you have said yes in volunteering, as you've, many of you have come to Nick When Nick has put out the call for Sunday school teachers. He's put out the call for helpers, for Reverb, for the youth. And so many of you have come to him and said, I'll serve. I'll serve. And it may not be one of those uh, uh, positions that gets a lot of attention or people go, wow, look at that ministry he's got. But you serve faithfully behind the scenes. And that blesses my heart more than you could ever know as as your shepherd. Because we have sheep here that are being found faithful. They're saying yes to the Lord. And they're willing, and I, I love this phrase, bloom where you are what? Planted. Bloom where you are planted god put you exactly where you are dear christian for a purpose to be used of him and it may be in that little sunday school with two kids but god is doing a work through you in their lives it may be the ministry of prayer you can't teach you can't be involved but you're home praying you're a prayer warrior That ministry is so powerful and God used you. But you have to be willing to say, yes, Lord, I'm going to stay at home here. And though I can't go out and help, I'm going to pray. So many ministries behind the scenes. And I want to thank you all, Jonestown Bible Church family, for your faithfulness that I have seen, that the leaders of the church have seen. And I just have two words to say to you as we close. Press on, press on for the sake of Jesus Christ and in his name. And one day your reward will be great. Let's pray together. As we bow before the Lord, dear Christian, perhaps as you look into your own heart, you realize that you have not been serving in any, in any area of your life. But you now realize that the Lord is calling you and wants you to serve somewhere, some way. He will show you what that is. But would you be willing to say, yes, Lord. Here I am. Take me and I will serve you. Show me the way. Christian, if you make that commitment this morning, God is going to bless you and use you in a mighty way. And you will one day be honored in heaven for your faithfulness. Would you make that decision this morning, Christian? If you're here without Christ, with head still bowed, if you ne- gave your you heard this uh, news about Jesus and about serving him, but you never accepted him as your Savior, now is the time to the day of salvation for you. Would you open your heart and receive by faith the Son of God who died on the cross for your sins and will forgive you of every sin and give you everlasting life and robe you in His righteousness that you might be called a child of God. If you're ready to make that decision, pray with me now. Say, me. You took the punishment for my sin. Father, come into my life now. Wash my sins away. I receive you today as my very own Savior. Thank you for dying for me and rising from the dead, Lord Jesus. And with head so bowed, if you gave your heart to Christ, you are now a child of God. You've been born again. Welcome to the family. And now God wants to use you. Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, for the ministry of your word to our hearts. Thank you for any decisions that have been made, Father. May we leave here rejoicing in any suffering we must endure for the Savior. And Father, may we be willing to say, nevertheless, not my will. But thy will be done. And we ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I'd like.